Romans chapter 3 and Galatians chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and Galatians chapter 3. We're going to begin there today. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. There's something about the blood that the devil hates. There's something about the blood that the Holy Spirit likes. In fact, wherever the blood flows, the Holy Ghost goes. In other words, you want to magnify uh, the blood because you will see a move of God. If you want to see the glory of God, you magnify the blood of Christ. In fact, the Holy Spirit always magnifies the blood of Christ. The Holy Spirit always magnifies the blood of Christ. So sometimes people say like, uh, I got a word from the Lord. I got a word from the Lord. Well, you notice if uh, they got a word from the Lord and that word from the Lord magnifies them, that word was not from the Lord. They get a word from the Lord and it condemns another person. That is not from the Lord. The Holy Spirit always magnifies the blood of Christ. Always magnifies the blood of Christ. In other words, dear friend, dear brother, dear sister, dear enemy, there is nothing, nothing stronger than the power of the blood. In other words, you're, you're having a struggle then the Holy Spirit's not going to embarrass you. The Holy Spirit's not going to try to condemn you. Uh, that's of the devil, and that's of people working with the devil. The Holy Spirit always reveals the blood of Christ. Uh, let's begin reading in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, and then we'll, we'll kind of settle down over in Romans chapter 3. Faith in the blood, Romans chapter 3. Uh, but first, Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians! You ever gone to your mailbox and opened up a letter that said, Oh, foolish Virginians, or Oh, foolish, what do you call Maryland people, Marylanders? I don't know. What do you call them, you know? Well, Oh, oh foolish district people. Uh, at least it wasn't the first words of the letter, I guess. He, he, he said some gracious things first, and in the middle of the letter, smack. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. In other words, I only want to know this. Just tell me this one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The only thing I want to know, y'all are being really foolish. Somebody has like grabbed your attention so just tell me one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Right? Uh, by the hearing of faith. It's interesting. If you receive the Spirit by the hearing of faith, it's not really dependent upon something that you did. You heard, uh, but actually, remember what Jesus said to Peter. Uh, he said, who, who do you say I am, right? And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, you are blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So even hearing comes from the Lord. Even hearing comes from the Lord. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't know. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And I'm going to begin reading in um, uh, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, 
no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Uh, let me pause right there. In other words, it's not going to be by something that you do that you're going to get God's attention. It's not going to be by something that you do that you get God's favor. It's not going to be something that you do that's going to get God to do something for you. Um, you know, that's the way of the law and the prophets. And actually, he said that the law and the prophets even testify that that's not the way. So if you're, if you're like uh, all on the law and the prophets or uh, everybody has to be perfect or you have to do everything just right in order for God to work in your life, uh, then even the law and the prophets testify that that's not the case. So even somebody who wanted to live by those things, uh, if they actually paid attention and listened and heard, would know that that is not what they're saying. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there's no difference. Now, you know, Several, a couple months ago, I guess we, we kind of went more in depth on this verse. So, just as a reminder, that the righteousness of God was by the faith of Jesus Christ. In other words, for people to become right with God, it was a work of Jesus Christ, it was an outworking of his faith in God. So, because Jesus had faith in God, he went to the cross. So, while he's on the cross, that's an act of faith. Somebody said, I want to live by faith. Well, sometimes living by faith means a sacrifice. Many times living by faith means a sacrifice on your flesh, on your mind, your little thoughts being stimulated. So righteousness came to all. Say all. Righteousness came to everyone by the faith of Jesus Christ. So it is not your faith that brings you righteousness. Right? And I, I, so I looked at these commentaries and they were, I quite enjoyed them because uh, they were all kind of backwards, but they actually said the truth. So they actually lift, listed about six cases in the Word that talk about the faith of God or the faith of Christ and all this. And literally, they said, this literally says that righteousness came to all by the faith of Jesus Christ. But we know that that actually means by people believing in Christ in their own faith, and that's what happens. So they're actually saying it's opposite of what the word actually says. And, uh, but really, all, and then they said, we don't know why they said it twice. It must have just been for emphasis. But literally, the answer's in the verse. It says that it came by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all. You could put a period there. Righteousness, uh, God's standard, God's favor, uh, that God would for you do anything because you're in covenant relationship with him, came by the faith of Jesus, by the act of Jesus Christ unto all, and it comes upon all that believe that. So our job is not to bring righteousness to us or into the world, but our job is to believe that Jesus already did it, and we believe he did the work, and when we believe that, it comes to us personally. So we have, we have an act to do, but our act to do is to believe in Christ. 
and believe in his goodness and where we're going to go in a second believe in the power of his blood so as a, as a human and I think most of us in here are humans uh, this morning but as a human we have certain desires and uh, what, what goes along with humanity and living uh, a, a life with flesh, your flesh is not evil, but it can be used for evil things. Uh, offer your bodies a living sacrifice set apart to God. Right? Holy just means set apart for the use of God. Offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. This is your reasonable act of worship. You know, uh, this is not the subject of this, but uh, if you look at what the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul about your body, there's a lot of things he says about your body. Tells you what to do with your body. One of the reasons is because your body, if you don't do those things with it, it will do things with you. <laughs> you you'll find that your body uh, can get a pretty strong voice. And uh, you're like, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to that. And then all of a sudden you find, I listened to that. I just had to have the last word. I just had to say it. I just had to have the last donut. For all have sinned, verse 23, and come short of the glory of God. Oh, isn't that awesome? Right after he's talking about being right with God through the work of Christ, he's like, you know, because everybody sinned. So in other words, you can't be righteous through you, you doing everything perfect. You, you can't have everything just in perfect order. And then you, then you say like, uh, oh, hey, well, what you would say is, hey, look at me. Uh, verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus who God has set forth to be a propitiation that literally means a mercy seat through faith in his blood. He is a mercy seat to us through faith in his blood. Thank you, Lord. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, we're going to go back to 25 in just a second, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and a justifier of him that believes in Jesus. So God is perfectly just and perfectly right. And he demands perfect justice and perfect rightness that everything is done perfectly right. That's why we couldn't do it. That's why only Jesus could do it. And so, uh, you know, John, you will know, continue in my word, then you're my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free or make you free. So this is a message of freedom this morning. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and a justifier of him that believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It's excluded by what law? The law of works? <laughs> so, I love the word. It just answers like every, every question, every problem. In other words, you know, he's dealing with like trying to come to God through what you do and trying to be so, do everything so right that God favors you. He'll actually answer your prayers because 
you, you like, um, you read the word so much, you pray so much, you, you don't do the bad things, so therefore God will give you what you want. He's trying to say like, hello, that's the old way, and that way actually just reveals sin. That way just makes you feel more guilty. That way just makes you feel more unqualified. That way just makes you feel more unworthy. And so what he says right here is boasting is excluded. In other words, you can't say, hey, look at me, because this is by faith, not by works. And he said, it's excluded. Boasting is excluded. Where's boasting? No, it's not even included. It's excluded. By, by what? By what law? He says, by the law of works? I don't know if this is striking you funny or not, but it's striking me very funny. So he's like, so how is it excluded? Is this excluded because of works that you do? The law of works? The law of doing something? You know, uh, we get rewarded. Like, I remember in grade school, uh, you know, my report card almost always said, pleasure to have in class, pleasure to have in class, you know, and then you make the honor roll or whatever, and they give you like this little certificate, or you go to like, you know, you, you do good things and you get rewarded. You do bad things and you get like demerits. You have to like write your name on the chalkboard, and if you do really bad, you have to write it a lot of times. Now it's a whiteboard, you know, or a smart board, whatever they use, but I like the old chalkboards because you could feel the grit of the chalk in your hand, and you're actually doing something. Now, nowadays, these kids that use all electronics, you know, they think it's like a whole new invention to write with a pencil and, and you know, do, do, do things like, um, you know, I can't remember what it was, but the other week my kids were saying something to me. They're like, did you know you could do this? And I'm like, yes. And my kids do a lot of stuff like that, paint and draw. Um, no, it's excluded by the law of faith. So uh, he just comes back and he's like, it's not by what you do. Uh, um, one of the one of my uh, greatest experiences along this line I don't know if it's good to call it an experience but is uh, Kenneth Hagin when uh, Jesus appeared to him the first time it just stuck with me he said uh, many things uh, and then uh, at one point he went and he said I fell before him, put my head and hands on his feet. And I said, dear Lord Jesus, no one and as unworthy as I am was ever worthy to be in your presence. And Jesus said, you are worthy. My blood has made you worthy. Stand up. Well, the thing about it is, I don't know about you, I can't really talk about you, but I've had some experiences in prayer that you really, uh, natural things so fade away or take their proper place that you begin to see the goodness of God and the holiness of God and the purity of God, and you begin to realize, whoa, God is awesome. Well, if you tend to regard yourself after the flesh, you, you, you would say, like, I am not worthy. But all the more worthy is God when you see that he made a way that you could be so holy, recreated so right, recreated so much in the likeness and the image of God that a perfect, holy, sinless God could live inside of your vessel. That, that you could actually 
come into the very presence of God. Remember what Hebrews says about coming into the presence of God? By the blood of Christ, the ever-living way. Why? That we may obtain mercy. Boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And so the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus will make you stand. Uh, let me just finish the chapter and I'll go back to verse 25. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Um, is he the God of the Jews only or is he also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, the God of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which will justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish it. In other words, like, does that mean we don't have to do all of these things? Well, that means, yeah, you've been made righteous through Jesus Christ. You've been accepted through him. You've been brought into the family of God through him. But really, you find out through James, like, how can you just be a hearer and not a doer of the word? And do those things conflict? No, they don't conflict. What it means is there's no way you'll ever do this with the right motive, the right heart, if your heart is not changed. And when you get born again, you have a heart to do what the law already says to do. It's all the difference in the world. When I used to, on Sundays, I remember we'd, uh, after church, we'd have a, a big meal normally, and then uh, we'd have to wash the dishes. And I remember I always wanted to wash the dishes and start washing the dishes before my parents said, go wash the dishes. And I don't know what it is about the flesh, but it was kind of like, if they tell me to do it, I really don't want to do it. I want to do it from my heart first. I want them to say, thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for doing that, right? Well, you know, the story I told about Evie on um, Hilton Head Island, we're riding those bikes, they're a lot younger, maybe this is probably five years ago now, and uh, they got all these uh, wide, I guess you call them sidewalks or bike paths, and they're right next to the road, so they crossed several roads, and uh, we were riding there, and Evie kept going ahead. Well, I, I, had, I was in the front, Melody was in the back just to protect the kids from cars and crazy drivers. People on vacation that are so hungry for ice cream that they're like uh, impatient. And uh, just not paying attention. Or they're watching an alligator and forgetting that there's kids right there. So uh, Evie kept going ahead and I said, Evie, don't, you know, go back. And she would feel bad every time I corrected her. And I wasn't mean. I just said, Evie, just, I said, Evie, no, you can't be in front. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This happened like three times, and it actually bothered me how guilty she was feeling about going ahead. And so I said, I pulled over and said, everybody stop. So I talked to Evie, and I just gave her a little lesson with the whole rest of the family to hear it. And I said, Evie, the problem is you have not changed your heart. You're just doing the things I'm telling you to do because I told you to do it, but it's not coming from your heart. I said, just make a little adjustment in your heart that you wanna honor and follow what we're telling you to do. And she did, and she got happy. And then we started riding again, and I think we must have gone about 10, before it was like every two minutes. We must have gone about 10 minutes before she did it again, and this time when she did it, 
she didn't feel guilty. She's like, oh yeah, I forgot, I'll go back. And then I never had another problem with her. But you see, like, as soon as her heart changed, it was relatively simple for her to do the right thing. And even when she did the wrong thing, she didn't fall into this guilt. She just was like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. Even though her flesh probably still wanted to be ahead, but greater than her flesh was her desire to honor and to follow and to please, and so she did it. Well, sometimes that's just such a, the Lord used that in my own life, and then if you've been here very long, you've heard me tell it many times. That's such a good illustration of how we all work with the Lord or work against the Lord or against ourselves because we try to do everything perfect in order to follow God. That if I could just make myself perfect, then I'll please God. That's not what pleases God. You know what pleases God? Faith. Faith is what pleases God. Somebody said, faith is what cranks God's tractor. Faith is what ignites his rocket. Faith is what thrills God. Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we're not getting rid of the law. We're establishing the law. or We're making the law come to life through our lives by living by faith. And when you live by faith, uh, you're living by what Jesus has done. So verse 25, that he might be a propitiation or a mercy seat through faith in his blood. So if you believe in the blood of Jesus, that mercy seat is the place that the priest, high priest, would go and pour out the blood for mercy. And that's the place between the two cherubim, the, the wings outstretched backwards like that, uh, between the cherubim, that's where the presence of God was at. It's the, in the most holy place. And so through faith in his blood, he is our mercy seat. And so when we look at ourselves or we look at others, uh, we got to see ourselves in the blood. And we got to see other people through the blood. Because the power of the blood of Christ, the sacrifice that he made, made the worst sin you can think of, the worst sinner you could think of, if they'll just receive it, believe that he did that, made them just as holy as you are, just as righteous as you are, well, you might be able to accept that. Let me say something that's even harder to accept. Made them just as holy as Jesus, just as righteous as Jesus, just as favored as Jesus. So sometimes if I, uh, in, my, in, in my past or sometimes in, in, in my present, um, you know, whenever I guess I, I have struggles with uh, different personalities, I say I plead the blood of Jesus over them. When I say that, I'm saying that the sacrifice and the tender-hearted heart of God to give his life for me, that no matter what I did, he redeemed me and bought me back. I think about that person that way. I say I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I plead the blood of Jesus because otherwise, sometimes... You could get too involved. 
In other words, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Uh, but sometimes uh, in your flesh, you're, you're just a little bit happy if something bad would happen to somebody that's doing something wrong. You know, as I confess my own sins, sometimes, many times maybe, if there is a, a guy or a girl that's driving very recklessly on the roads and like being crazy, I'm like, I want a police officer just to show up right now. And if I see them pulled over, I'm probably not disappointed about it. And if they're being dangerous, I'm very happy about it. In fact, I've called 911 on somebody one time. You had to be driving pretty dangerous for me to do that, but I would do it because it endangers people's lives. But just somebody, you know, that's kind of being a jerk while they're driving, and you're like, that's what you deserve. <laughs> well, thank God, God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what Jesus deserves. <laughs> and um, if you're going to go very far with God, you're going to have to see people by the blood and through the blood and know that he loves them. Like they, they might not sin in the same way you, you have sinned. And you might not sin in the same way they have sinned. But they need mercy just like you need mercy. The Lord loves them just like he loves you. And, um, you know, the vineyard workers, some of them started in the morning. Some of them started in the midday. Some of them started in the late afternoon. And they all got paid the same. And they all agreed to work for the same. But those that got hired in the morning, they're like, man, when they started seeing uh, the master pay the vineyard workers who were there in the afternoon and the late evening, they're like, oh, this is good. We're going to get a lot. And all of a sudden, they got like the same pay. And they're like, hey, you cheated us. And Jesus said, well, this is showing you what the kingdom of God is like. There could be one that came to Christ when they were very young, like my children. Oh, there could be one. You know, that comes, if Jesus doesn't come real soon right now, I think he's coming real soon, but if he doesn't come real soon, there could be one that when my children are 90 years old and uh, somebody else is 90 and just lived their life for the devil, they accept Christ and boom, in an instant, they're at the same place as my children. Praise the Lord. They're all coming into the kingdom and God loves every one of us just the same. You know, based on what you do, you'll be rewarded for what you do. So there are rewards in heaven that people would miss out on, but getting to heaven, being a part of the family of God, having your sins removed, uh, there is no difference. And uh, God is good to all, to all that call upon him. It, it really doesn't matter. So no matter what you have been through or what other people are going through, when you come by the blood of Jesus, it's the great redeeming power of God that you look at the blood of Jesus It'll cause you not to boast. But you say, you know, remember what Paul said? I will make my boast in Christ alone. In other words, I'm going to magnify Jesus. I'm going to magnify what he did. Well, the more you love Jesus, the more you know Jesus, the more you realize it's because of him that you have what you have and that you are what you are. That it's not because of something that you've done. It's not because you're so amazing. It's because he is so amazing. It's because he is so merciful. It's because he is so forgiving. It's because of his great grace that I am what I am. 
that you are what you are because he is so good. Jesus, you know, I, I like when they said, they went to Jesus and they said, good teacher, and he said, there is none good but God. Even he's given us such a good example. Like, every good thing comes down from the Father above. Right? Whom, there, whom is no us or shadow of turning. Uh, Jesus said, everything you see me do, it's not I that do it, it's God in me that does the works. In Acts, talking of Jesus, said it was the power of God uh, that caused these works to happen through Jesus Christ. He even said there, he didn't do the works, God did the works. So it's by the blood, and when we see each other through the blood and by the blood, uh, you'll see people the way God sees them. You have difficulty with somebody, you plead the blood of Jesus over them. See them through the blood. See yourself through the blood. The blood of Jesus puts things in their proper perspective. There's nothing quite so pleasing as a life that's given to the Lord. There's nothing quite so pleasing as a life that's given to the Lord. To be around someone who's given their life away, who no longer lives to please themselves, but lives to please Jesus Christ. <laughs> nothing like being around somebody who wants Jesus to have all the credit. Nothing like being around somebody who wants Jesus to be admired. Nothing like being around somebody who wants to be a vessel that he can use and he can fill. Uh, there's nothing like being around someone that acts just like Jesus did, who said, I'm not here with my own message. I'm not here with my own ability. I'm here with God's message. I'm here with God's love. I'm here with God's ability. And you can do it because God loves you. You can do it because God made a way for you. You can do it because God has mercy on you. God's not upset at you. God loves you. Uh, he wants to help you more than you want help. He wants to give to you more than you want to receive. He wants to be your ever-present help in time of need. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. He leads me. He guides me. Not just in rough places, but yea, though I walk through the valley, I'm not staying there, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. Not because I am a great man of faith and power. No, because Jesus Christ is so good and the power of his blood is so strong and the power of his blood, you know, the blood speaks. The blood of Jesus, your blood speaks. But Jesus' blood speaks greater things. Remember Abel, the first man murdered, his blood still speaks. But how much more does the blood of Jesus speak good things over every single one of us, over every single one in the world that doesn't know yet who they are and how much God loves them? The power of the blood of Jesus to redeem. The power of the blood of Jesus to wipe out your sin to wipe out their sin, to wipe out their mistakes. Somebody said, well, you know, they keep doing that. Uh, they're going to have, they're going to fail. Uh, they're going to fall apart. Things aren't going to work for them. I believe God is able to make them stand. 
I believe the power of the blood of Jesus to bring them back. I believe the power of the blood of Jesus to grab hold of them wherever they're at right now at this very moment. Maybe you got children, maybe you got parents, maybe you got friends, maybe you got other relatives, maybe you've got other co-workers that are away from God. Do you know the power of the blood of Jesus? No matter what they're going through, no matter what what has what fiery dart has entered them to try and get a hold of them, what tactic of the devil to try to destroy their life, that the blood of Jesus is greater and the blood of Jesus is stronger. And I believe Jesus is able to make them stand. Jesus is able to bring them back. It doesn't matter uh, what they've opened their heart to from the devil. It doesn't matter what demonic forces and powers come. The blood of Jesus is greater and the blood of Jesus is stronger. And, you know, uh, let's just all stand for a second. Let's just all stand. I want you to think of someone right now, someone right now that doesn't know these things. They need to know these things. Think of someone right now who's living oppressed of the devil, under the influence of the enemy. Think of someone right now that needs the mercy of God. I'm going to say something, and you just apply that to them as I say it. Father, we thank you for the power, the the redeeming power of the blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood. Thank you that that blood has made us acceptable in your sight, that that blood has brought us near to you by his own precious blood. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over these individuals right now. Father, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing, I thank you that the blood of Jesus was shed for them that you are able to make them stand. Father, that right now, that by your spirit, that you would speak to them, that you'd draw them in. Once again, that you'd call them, Father, that you'd alert them, that you'd awaken them from their slumber. Father, that they would see um, with the vision that only you could give. Father, that they would see the path that their life is on in the course of their life, and that they would uh, know, Father, that there is greater life and there is life and that more abundant in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for every child of every person in this place. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we plead that blood for the direction of their life, for the things that they're doing. For Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over the things of the world that would entice them and try to draw them away from you. Father, we thank you for the power of the blood. Father, the power of the blood, that they are accepted in the beloved, that they are redeemed, that they are pure, that they are made right because of Jesus. Father, I pray that every heart of every individual would turn towards you, that they would turn away from everything else and make you the Lord of their life. Father, I pray for every person that's in here right now, that you'll give us words from heaven, utterance in and by your spirit, that we will speak words over our family, our friends, even our enemies, Father, that will loosen your spirit to be able to move in their life. 
that will bind the power of the devil to destroy and to steal in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning online or in person and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, He's not looking for you to be perfect person. He is the perfect person. Forever He is the perfect person. It's in Him that we find real life and it's in Him that we find real freedom. It's in Him that we are restored, redeemed, and forgiven. The only way to God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. If you'd like to accept Jesus Christ this morning, you don't do that by being good or doing enough good things or by not sinning. You do it by accepting Jesus Christ, that God raised Him from the dead for you, that God removed your sins from you because of Jesus, and you confess Him as your Lord. In other words, you make a decision. Uh, I'm not here to do my own thing. I'm not here to gratify my own self. I am here to live for Jesus. I'm turning my life over to Him. I want Him to call the shots in my life. I want Him to make the decisions in my life. I have decided to follow Jesus. In just a few seconds, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'd like you to pray that prayer with me if you'd like to receive Jesus. By praying that prayer, what you're saying is, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for Jesus every day. What you're saying is, I want my sins forgiven. What you're saying is, I don't want to try to work and work and work and work and try to produce goodness in my life. I want to receive the goodness of God in my life because of what Jesus did. What you're saying is, I'm not going to live based on my past mistakes any longer. What you're saying is, I'm not going to treat people with hatred any longer. I'm going to treat people with the love of God. The only way you can do that is if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Just like my daughter, when her heart changed, everything in her actions changed. When your heart changes because Jesus comes to live in your heart, the Bible says that you are made a brand new person. That the old you is gone. Everything about the old you is done. All the power of the old you is taken away. It's severed. It no longer has power over you because you got a brand new life. And this new life is sustained and perpetuated by the very life and power of God. I want you to make a decision in five seconds. And I want you to decide, I'm going to live my life for Jesus. I'm going to pray that prayer with the pastor. Five, four, three, two, one. Decide right now. Let's pray. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. That he loves me. That he died for me. I receive him as my Lord right now. I believe that you raised him from the dead to make me right with you. Thank you that I am now your child. That I have a brand new life. That I am right with you. That you have set me free. In Jesus' name. Amen.